This is Jeremy Allenball, and you're listening to the Section 109 podcast. I figured take two was going to happen. So, all right, <laughs> ready. Holy I cannot believe that I am actually podcasting right now. It's been way too long. I'm going to pass it directly to Breezy, and we're going to get started with the pod. We're here. I think it's been three months. Yes. Two and a half months. Wow. I think it's actually still March, so time time has really been an illusion so far. I'm good with that. <laughs> Co-host Matthew, what have you been doing uh, maybe quickly since we last podcasted? Well, I got into shape, so... Did you? So there's that. <laughs> you are looking less shapely. Yeah, I, I decided that, it, number one, it's probably healthier to in a pandemic to be more healthy. Mm. Uh, so I just cooked a lot of meals at home. Started running again. I started running again. You started running I, I again. See, I see you in North Shore. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I'm trying to. I'm not. I'm not back. But I'm. I'm back. <laughs> Smitty, what have you been up to? I was so bored. So bored. <laughs> I bought a house. That's how bored you were that you bought was, a house. I was so bored. I bought a house. That thank is you, the whitest thing for, I have ever heard in my life. Thank you for contributing to the economy. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's got to. I had to move because. Too many people knew my address, so it got a little bit awkward. <laughs> was your landlord the problem? Let's be serious. Definitely not. Good landlord. Um, yeah, it's weird when people knock on your door. They know where you live. Okay, you're also only saying that because your landlord's sitting next to you. Sure. Blink twice if you uh, are under <laughs> duress. Jay, what have you been doing? Uh, man, I didn't stop working, and I've literally been doing everything normal except for I was home for two months, which was awesome, but it's nice to be in a routine again. So, yeah. and I'm glad that this is a new, you know, a part of the routine for the future. Same here. Yep. So my, my job didn't change much. Ella's job didn't change much as far as time. Uh, and then I just turned in my two weeks notice this last week. So Yay. life is about to change a lot for me. It's a, like, like you've definitely told people, but the fact that you just said it and this is being recorded, it's like official, official. It makes it more real. Yeah. And I put I the, that. And I put the letter on my boss's desk. I didn't just call him on the phone and tell him. The <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's real. So let's let's dive right into this. We're here with Jeremy Allenbaugh, the boss, as I think people call him, boss yes. man, oh, the managing well. director of Chattanooga Football Club. Thank you for coming here and joining us on our episode back. So I'm going to throw it straight to Matt since he has a giant list of questions that we all went over. So Jeremy, let me ask you a question that that we all just kind of answered. Uh, We've been living in a pandemic. We still are. Uh, how's, how's that been going for you? Interesting. Interesting, I would say. Uh, like everybody else, my routine has been changed and, you know, switched around and side to side and upside down and all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, got back to some basics, some things that, you know, I can't say I started cooking at home more. Or did you start running? running? I did not start running. <laughs> um you know, but yeah, got active again, got going again, you know, in terms of um, just trying to stay healthy and stay in front of things. And then spent a lot of time connecting and reconnecting with people in the business, um, old friends, you know, just trying to reach back out and um, a lot of, you know, learning and webinars and just trying to pick up things and make sure that when we come out of this thing here, hopefully soon, you know, we would we would be prepared and I would personally be prepared. So it's been it, it's been good. And, and, I, we, and webinars, do you mean Zoom calls? Oh, geez. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody has like joined oh, that world. We, I, I made a switch within the club uh, to Google Meet about three weeks ago solely because I got tired of logging into Zoom and nice. just what it looked like. I yeah. mean, just needed a change, right? Um, That's but, fair. Uh, yeah, no, it's been good. So you've also been uh, trying to negotiate the whole moving to Chattanooga thing yeah. throughout, throughout this whole time. Yep, this is the part where my wife needs to turn this off so she doesn't have to hear the struggles. And no, our house is uh, <laughs> our house is still on the market and uh, back home. Um, obviously, you know, trying to sell during the pandemic and and where we were in terms of people moving in, moving out, it's been difficult. But uh, she's been a trooper, um, you know. So it's uh, you know we're we're getting through it, and they've been down here, which has been nice. I got back there for probably about six weeks. I mean, we we're working remotely, so there's no difference right. between my kitchen table there and my kitchen table here in Chattanooga. So. Got a lot done that way. Reconnected with them. That was good. They've been down here a few times. Um, and we're just, you know, all kind of looking ready to eventually be back together here, you know, soon. 
how awesome. did how, what what were you able to show them in Chattanooga? I know every, a lot of things have been closed. Did you just go house shopping? Were you able to see any of the sites? No, it, we, honestly, we haven't done much just because we've been apart. So when we've been here, we've just been hanging out and you know uh, getting hitting up a you know a few coffee shops and getting out and about. And we've been to the market and so we got to see that. I know it's a scaled down version; and it's different, but we've been able to do mm, that a little cool. bit. Just continuing to drive around and get comfortable in terms of where everything is and. You know, all that good stuff. And yeah, it's been, we haven't done any of the things that we're supposed to do yet. Rock City and so forth and so on and hikes and all that good stuff. But uh, pretty, pretty we'll soon, have time. We'll pretty have time soon you'll that. become a, a true like native Chattanooga and you still won't have done those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to say before we continue that if people who are listening that may, they haven't heard our podcast before and all of a sudden they're listening to it for some reason, you know, shut it off now while you still have time. But yeah, we apologize. Jeremy did come on before and if you so if you want to know a little bit more about jeremy this is kind of like an update sort of with us talking to him but we did do a whole podcast on his history and like how he got here and stuff like that so if you're interested you should go back and check that out and that is episode 15 look at you wow nice man you pulled out your phone so fast that was that was preparedness right there (laughs) i'm I'm rusty but i haven't lost it (laughs) (laughs) so at the time uh at the time of release of this podcast the NISA uh, Independent Cup schedule will have been released. What Ooh, is, what is that, Matthew? Well, I actually have no idea because I've never heard of it before. So let me, let me, let me turn that question to Jeremy. Uh, can you talk about what the NISA Independent Cup is, why it exists, who's in it, uh, and, and maybe just you know, talk, about, talk about the games and the teams? This is the best pod ever because I have no idea what he's about to say. <laughs> I'm very you're, excited. You're basically the listeners right now? Yeah. So I'll react with you. Um, well, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so that's why we have this NISA Independent Cup. That's the reason for us, <laughs> is because we're dealing with all of this. Um, no, I would say it's been works mm, pretty much, I would say pretty early in terms of the kind of when everything got shut down and the reality that this was not going to go away quickly started to sink in. Phone calls were starting to be made, clubs reaching out to clubs. Uh, the leadership in the league was receiving some phone calls about, you know, what are you guys going to do? What's it going to look like? They reached out to the clubs, and then we started connecting with people. And pretty much what it is is, is what it sounds like. It's a cup competition. It'll be regionally based. You know, we'll play in the southeast region. There's going to be, uh, I believe, four regions that will be announced. It'll be a mixture of independent amateur clubs. And um, NISA professional clubs in each region. So, um, any old friends of ours? When you say amateur clubs, I don't know what you consider a friend or a foe, but um, there's a there's a we don't we don't have any real foes. (laughs) (laughs) Not Uh, from not from old. I mean, unless you're going to tell me Miami uh, Miami's coming back. Yeah, no, they're not in. I mean, the Silverbacks don't exist. Who? Wow, (laughs) the first two. Good, yeah. good one. <laughs> so it's um it's exciting, you know, and I think it's the the great thing about this competition is um it's you know it's got a shelf it uh, doesn't have a shelf life, you know what I mean? It can it can come back and it can be around, and that's the plan. And I don't think anything is going to be announced about that here in the future, but this is definitely something that uh, that can live on. And if you think about you know the rest of the world, they have their domestic cup, they have their league cup, they have their league competition. So here in the states, obviously, we have the Open Cup which, you know, we don't know the status of that. But in the future, if we have our, our league component, then we have this independent cup in the future, as well as the Open Cup. That really gives us some different platforms. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for us to showcase some amateur clubs out there that have aspirations similar to what we had in the past and now being a fully professional club. Um, so we've partnered up with uh, a bunch of those and looking forward to getting this thing going. So do you, so on that topic, do you see this as any amateur team's chance to kind of baby step into professional and test the waters out? Yeah, for sure. Nice. Yep. That's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. I, 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 I want to mention something really important uh, that for anyone from U.S. soccer that's listening, we are definitely still in the Open Cup, and we're going to be the last ones in if you try to cancel it. So we're taking that, we're taking that CONCACAF spot. And Just we're throwing that out there. We're declaring victory if we don't win on the field. You have to take that trophy from our uh, cold, dead hands. It's ours. And I mean the podcast hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so briefly, who's in, who's in the Nice Independent Cup in our, in our pod? Yeah, let's just talk about our, our little uh, division here. So we'll have ourselves, obviously. Um, I think an old friend or foe, however you want to look at it, Georgia Revolution. 
Yes. Are nice. Gonna, they're nice. Gonna, they're going to be in it. Um, Soda City out of Columbia, South Carolina, a UPSL club. That's done okay. very, very well. Cool. Um, great oh, guys. Very cool. Yeah, yeah great cool. guys over there. Cool and, city, too. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Savannah. So the Clovers will be Clovers. In it. So yes. finally, finally get the Clovers. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a good group. Really like minded. We've had weekly conference calls. Um, they've been awesome. Uh, good group of guys. Or you know they're excited to be back on the field. They're excited to, you know, uh, get their foot in the door a little bit. And like I said, it's been a it's been a lot of work. The league has done a good job putting together, and all the clubs coming together. So the competition format will look like. Um, on July 11th, obviously, you know, you know we're, we'll play at home versus um, Georgia Revolution. On the same day, Savannah uh, will host uh, Soda City. And then the following weekend, we'll host a doubleheader July 18th. So we will play a game, and then uh, there'll be another, another match as well. And then we travel on the 25th uh, to Columbia, South Carolina, and Soda City will host. Uh, similar, so we'll play them there as okay. the second part of a doubleheader. And then August 1st, we will host again, and we'll have a third-place game and a first-place game. So it's uh, Saturday, 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 and we just knock them out. And uh, good for travel, good for uh, proper rest. There's no Wednesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday craziness. Yeah. And that's what we all decided, and everybody gets a chance to host. You know, Obviously, us as the professional club, I think we're in the best position to host more than, than one weekend, but everybody gets to host a game. And we've been through a lot of different formats, and each that's what's cool about it, too, is at least for this year – each region, each division um, is going to have their own setup. So everybody's going to host a little bit different. Some places are going to do a home-and-home and and then uh, a championship weekend. I mean, there's a lot of different formats. And, you know, with what's going on in the world and what's going on in all these different regions in the States, that's the best way to do it. And and it sounds a little quirky, but when you really think about it, it's It's a quirky time. It's unique, yeah. It's It's very unique. I like that a lot. And this could be potentially a preseason or mid-season, depending on how the season's laid out. Right. Tournament that happens every year is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so like That's a, the a, a cup competition yeah. in the dead space. Yeah. It's be, and it could be if it's preseason, it it matters, but it doesn't matter, right? Like you can have you can try out players, you can whatever. So these are teams though that a lot, I think several of whom had their seasons canceled or at least postponed. How are they coming up with players? Do you know? Uh, players want to play, and it's you know. So it's gonna be mostly college guys and it'll be a mixture of college guys and amateur guys from these clubs. Um, a lot of the Georgia Revolution they keep a year round roster. Right. Yep. You know, so they have that. I would say. The UPSL clubs are a little bit different. They're similar to the fall spring model, so there'll be a lot of amateur players as well as some college guys trying to get that last round of you know mm-hmm. games in before heading back to school, hopefully for college preseason. So it'll be a, a mixture, but um, I think that makes it unique and, and special. So uh, if I if I understood correctly, we're hosting Georgia Revolution on the 11th. Yep. We are hosting a, a two game doubleheader on the 18th yep. and, and, we'll, then, and we'll, then we're away in in columbia yep. on the 25th yep do we know if the away game will have fans or not and, and then after that do we know if the home games will have fans <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, that would, yeah i would say by the time this gets released things could have changed uh three or four <laughs> times right that's right as yeah. of yeah true yeah you know so as of now the the games that will be hosting on the 11th and the 18th will be closed door so those will be behind closed doors at Finley. I would say most likely the 25th will be the same as well in South Carolina. Obviously, you know, things can always change, um, you know, but as of right now, that's kind of the plan. And then August 1st, we don't know yet. We're going to push and we are have really good discussions, good partnerships to have fans in on that August 1st game, but nothing's been decided yet. Okay. So if fans were to be allowed... August first. What? What? I mean, obviously, a lot can change between the time this is recorded and it airs, which is only a few days, and so you know, much less a month from now. <laughs> but let's say that in your crystal ball, how do you think that 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 happens most likely? You know, it'll be some sort of reduced capacity. Obviously, I think that's a you know, you're seeing that everywhere, right? Doesn't matter if it's twenty percent, fifty percent, whatever we come up with, and. Uh, the local, you know, agencies that we work with, and, and Finley and ourselves, we've had a number of meetings. Everything we've done so far to even open up practice, we've gone through, you know, um, our local agency here and following all the Tennessee pledge guidelines and thoughts and testing and everything that goes in in line to get this done. So we'll continue that. But what could it look like? Um, think of boarding an airplane. You know, you you know, you're sitting in these sections, and so you can come in the stadium at this time. And then when you leave, when the game is over, if you're in these sections, you leave first, and then everybody else leaves. Um, probably open up a few more gates. Uh, I would say reserve seating is probably going to happen as mm. well. So uh, the days of GA will probably be 
we will be gone for a variety of reasons. And I think, um, you know, we're lucky in Finley. We can we can spread out. Everybody will have plenty of room. Yep. And uh, so it's going to take Good some advantage. work. And there's going to be, it, it's going to be different. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the same boys in blue on the pitch playing. It's going to be the same people in the in the stands figuring out how to support them. You know, there's going to be some unique challenges there with yep. chance and stuff, which I'm sure people are already having discussions. And uh, it's going to be different. But I think um, it's going to be very well planned out, very well thought out, executed by our staff. And uh, we'll work in conjunction with the local authorities. And we're going to do everything we can to make it a normal game. And it's just, it's, uh, you know, there's going to be some, I don't want to call restrictions, but some protocols that you know, we're all going to have to follow. And look, nobody's following more protocols than the players right now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they've been great. So if they can get through it, I know all of us can get through it to support, um, you know, some bringing some culture back to our city. Could you speak real briefly to some of, I mean, I know it's been, a, from talking to you, it's been a real journey in getting the getting just back on the field, like you just said. So can you talk a little bit about how practice is, what kind of things they're going through, what the protocols look like, all those things? Yeah, so uh, the NISA leadership was on a task force with um, U.S. Soccer, CONCACAF, and then there was another one in all the pro leagues, and there was another task force that had NISA, USL, NWSL, and MLS on it. And so they developed uh, a ton of protocols. Each league's protocols will be – you know, a little bit different. Obviously, MLS is doing the whole closed door thing, bubble idea down in Florida. Um, you know, USL is committed to playing in, you know, home team stadiums and us. But anyway, the whole idea is we've had this really good network of bouncing off ideas, exchanging ideas, getting things. So we followed a lot of protocols that I think were pretty similar. So when our guys came, if they had left the Chattanooga area, they had to be back um, for 14 days, kind of quarantined, so to speak in order um, before we started training. So they couldn't show up on a Tuesday and start training on Thursday. Right. Um, so they all came back and did that. And then we did two weeks of groups less than 10, and that would include coaches. And then so we just kind of staggered them in terms of this group of eight guys arrived, they trained, then they shifted to this part of field, another group came in, and so we did that for two weeks, no contact. And then we, after that, we could have everyone at training, but still no contact for two weeks. And then uh, this, you know, today was our first day of contact. Um, oh practice. man! So yeah, there's a lot of kicking. <laughs> there's a lot of emotion and pent up energy and excitement. That's um, great. And the reason we did that is because we went through testing last week, and testing is a part of our return to competition protocol. So every team in the independent cup will go through testing. There's dates where it has to be done by. Can't be done earlier than this date. Can't be done later than that date. So forth and so on. And then that'll carry into the fall season. So. Um, baby steps, but we've been really smart, really safe, and like I said, the guys have done a great job. It's amazing. So, speaking of the fall season, uh, and then we're gonna we'll come back to a couple other things. Speaking of the fall season, what can you tell us about the NISA fall season? It'll start in the fall. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I can tell you. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he's not even sure. he's not even sure about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to start in fall. Um, the, well, the press release that came out really said, you know, everything there is a no. It's going to be regionalized competition. You know, we will solely play um, clubs from the from the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's going to be primarily bus travel. Uh, there'll be some, you know, we're going to, that was one of the things our guys brought up is they, they wanted to stay away from airplanes for a little bit. So uh, minimize the amount of time that we're in a hotel or traveling outside of our controlled bubble. Yep. Um, so it'll be, you know, you'll play everybody at home, everybody away, and then we will have about a week break or so at the end of that, and then we will get together with, with the Western clubs and we will have a, um, you know, uh, a tournament, so a pool play, and then a, then a final, and that will determine the the fall champion, and then that fall champion uh, will host the spring champion in, in the championship for the full season, the 2020-21 season. Okay. So. Now you said a bubble, or a, you said a, a, a pool play, mm-hmm. and then and then a final. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have everybody in one site. It'll be, um, you know, similar to what NWSL and everybody else has done. We haven't decided on the site yet, but it'll be in one location. And everybody will come together, and you'll play whatever your your bracket play, and then they'll move on to to a championship. Okay, so that's interesting. Yep, Chattanooga sounds like a great city for that. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Just, throw, just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, it sounded a lot better a few weeks ago. Anyway, yeah, and I, yeah. I, digress. Oh, I don't know if the borders will be open to get up to Detroit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're allowed in Canada, yeah. or we're technically not actually. Oh, then there goes Detroit. Rip sucks. Yeah, at the rate things were going. Probably need to start looking into like Montana, Idaho, maybe some places. Yeah, let's stay away from uh, Arizona, Texas, and Florida, uh, which I think Florida is the main one where all the leagues are going. That's where everyone's <laughs> going. 
my parents just got back and they uh they went to a they have a timeshare my mom who they and they're not like they're cautious but they're not like super worry warts and they were like we were mortified they're like we went out to the beach and like and from the private like because you know the condo's got to exit onto the beach like we went out on yeah. the beach and we went to the beach and then we went in our house and like we like we stayed away from people no one's wearing a mask no one's doing anything like it was terrible uh, <laughs> obviously that's just ran- random and anecdotal but uh yeah watch out florida there's there seems to be a lot of that um Back to uh, what a game day might look like. Is there going to be beer and food and such? <laughs> so we had those discussions uh, last week with Finley, and I mean, they're you know, as of now, we're planning to to be full go. And I think what you're seeing across most stadiums that are talking about reopening and events and stuff is you know more of a limited menu. But restaurants are doing that, right? They're not serving everything. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they would. I mean, look, um, it's hard to hard to watch a hard to watch a game without beer. I think, right? So. <laughs> Depends on depends on how the game's going. Yeah, that's true. Uh, masks, it's very much the uh, the rage now in in good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. In in places, out of places. Yeah, we haven't finalized uh, all of the protocols. Um, we're still building out our plan for what it will look like <clears throat> if fans can come in the building. But I would say absolutely, mask will be part of it. And what does that exactly look like? Obviously, we're in an outdoor stadium, so and we're spread out, and you know we're social distance and all those good things. I don't have a final answer on what that would look like, but I know in terms of coming into a building or into the stadium, leaving the stadium, being in the fan shop, being in any inside corridors, you know, mask will will be part of the uh, the equation there. And we haven't finalized you know the rest of it yet. And look, like constantly changing. Right? Every right. day is you know somebody said this when we first started you know this whole pandemic. Each day is like the equivalent of three. So by the time <laughs> August so, first so rolls, <laughs> by the time August first rolls around, we'll be up there. So uh, earlier you mentioned the boys in blue. Uh, are they going to be wearing blue? Can you like <laughs> what's their jersey going to look like? like? We haven't we have not revealed a new jersey for twenty twenty. And, and will you be selling it at that first game? We have not. I don't know if we'll be selling it at the first game on the uh, because well on the eleventh we no won't one be. will be there right. I mean, we can <laughs> sell it on the eleventh, but we won't be there to buy it. Um, but I mean, we challenge accepted all alone. Yeah, we will. Um, we will be rolling uh, those jerseys out prior to the the July eleventh game. So cool. Yeah. So we, the team should be clad in, in their new jerseys. Correct. For the, oh, That's right. awesome. That's like also like soon, like real soon. Still but, got a couple shipments that need to come in through. <laughs> oh, fair enough. But um, that is that is our plan. Awesome. That's cool. very cool. Well, um, you The fact that you mentioned that you can't sell us jerseys because we won't be there. Will we be able to catch the game in any sort of streaming format or anything like that? Yeah. All the games in the Independent Cup will be streamed. So the away games as well. So uh, on on my Kuju? I believe so. Yep. <laughs> as you grab as you grab the bottle of uh, bourbon for another a refill. I'm I'm just gonna take the bottle. You guys can have my glass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's uh, not a fair trade. Uh, no. So that yeah, all the independent cup games will be streamed. Um, we are making some, I would say, serious upgrades to our own streaming within within CFC. I like hearing so we've, that. We're making some good investments there. We will have a couple other exciting announcements. Um, this comes out on what Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We'll have a big one on Thursday. A really big announcement on Thursday. Cool. We will wait with bated breath. I love announcements. I like. Big announcements. I like news in general. Like it's my favorite. It means soccer season's really, like truly back. Yeah, it, I mean we're less than two weeks away. <laughs> the eleventh is less than two weeks, which is scary. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah One incredible. man's scary is another man's amazing. It's fine. <laughs> so let's. Uh, we've talked a little bit about about the Nisa fall season. Uh, I'm thinking more like the, in the general health of the league. Obviously, you know we're looking at at the. East Coast and the West Coast teams. Uh, the really said four. I'm sorry, said five teams in the East. Uh, and how many were in the West? Do we remember? It's been. I. It could I have been a remember. month ago. It could have been five months I, ago. I, every day feels like three, as Jeremy pointed yeah, exactly. out. I don't remember. I would say, in terms of the the health of the league, it's um, we're in a good spot. I mean, look, there's. It's a pandemic, like yeah. Every sport, every you know, lower level professional sports league is going to have is going to have some issues coming out of this. And yeah, I don't care if that's you know baseball, hockey, soccer, basketball. I mean, there's going to be some there's going to be some casualties. Um, so you know, us getting to play a fall season is, is is great. It's fantastic. I will I will give a shout out. I do think they take um, a lot of crap online, um, you know, the Twitter verse and stuff. But our, our league leadership 
really drove us through this pandemic. And that's not something I would have necessarily maybe said before this all hit, um, but they have really, this independent cup, the fact that we've been able to manage the fall season where we can uh, have home games and we can have this uh, this tournament at the end. I mean, those are some those are some big positives. So we've come out of this uh, probably as good as we as we can. So I feel good. And the number of conversations that, um, as I said, I was reconnecting and just you know conversing with people. The number of conversations where people are asking questions, future type questions, and then you know also uh, you know to Smitty's point about what is um, you know does this opportunity in the Independent Cup are some clubs looking at this? Yeah, for sure. So we're having some good conversations. People are reaching out. They're asking uh, in terms of expansion and, you know, what does it look like and what are, you know, what are some of the positives that you see from the league and what has my interaction been? So that's been um, unexpected, I would say, is the amount of interest and conversations that we're having. But really exciting. So what you're saying is Rochester Rhinos to Nisa? <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's, uh, who's, who's been on the giving end of a lot of uh, crap, towards the nisa front office that's really good to hear and also shout out because we i did notice uh that they've got like their game stats uh in systems like that so hey. don't lie to me hey maybe they listened to a podcast where you talked about them or on twitter both probably, but i totally joined in so. <laughs> also if you laughed at that rochester rhinos joke get off the internet and get it real life <laughs> <laughs> only like 15 people are gonna get that that and they yeah they should get off the internet like i do <laughs> like I did. Uh, oh, the other thing I didn't mention earlier, I forgot the other big development in my in my life over the last little while. Uh, I got ninety. I got 90% off Facebook and 100% off Twitter. It's Ooh, weird. I, I didn't notice that. I mean, I, I rarely wow. like I rarely check 5% off Twitter because he relies on Matt and I texting him tweets that are really good. Oh, I still so we get, can filter out all the bad I st- ones. I still get the screen. <laughs> I still get the occasional screenshot or whatnot. I logged in. I logged in to check my bio to check a link. Uh, last night and i realized i have like a lot of dms that i'm sure people think i'm being rude because i didn't like announce i'm going off twitter i just like got fed up with it one day and uh, deleted it off my Dude, phone well, you what, know, what's the purpose of going on a social media cleanse if you don't announce it first i mean i did it for me not for anyone else i'm glad i did though i'll get back that's on. a whole that's a wholesome answer <laughs> I'll, I'll get back on but i'm <laughs> uh, i recommend it to anyone whose life might be too in, in, inundated with uh with negativity well i have noticed i don't really do my own twitter but I do mess around. You with have people the, that do it for you? I, no, I have Section 109. <laughs> that's what I mess around on. And sometimes I'll see that the Section 109 tweeted something on like a notification. I'll be like, it has to be breezy. And then you're 15. No, but that hasn't, hasn't been me in two months. Really? Mm-mm. So if someone else is tweeting, Uh-oh. yo. Uh, yeah, give us our... Your, did, wait. Did, did Jim get the, a hold of our password? <laughs> 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 that's funny. I thought. had too much positivity in my life, so I had to go back on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> well, actually, that's probably... A, a really big achievement to reach that level that you have to go back. Uh, roster moves. Mm. Yeah. I, so, 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 so everything, everything, everything we were told going in is that, uh, uh, June 30th was yeah, super inside was, baseball was high noon on, on contracts. And we <laughs> have played exactly one game, regular season game, a one game. So what does that look like? First of all, how has it been to juggle, a bunch of players who are getting paid but not playing. I assume they're getting paid but not playing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what does that look like? What does our fall look like? Yeah, what can you tell us? So there'll be, you know, a lot coming out of this. I would say that our, you know, our players and our staff have been fantastic during this whole process. We made the decision early on that, um, you know, we were we we're not going to try to negotiate out of contracts or do any anything that way. We were going to abide by FIFA law, which is that these are guaranteed contracts and, these guys all made commitments to come here to Chattanooga to play for this club and to play for this city, and uh, that meant something to us. and And they were very appreciative of uh, of us standing by them during this time because it it wouldn't have been easy to not do that, but we it could have you know you could have done it. I mean, we've all read you know whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. you. Yeah, so yes, we have. Um, I, no, but, I haven't. But Matt sent me tweets. Yes, screenshots, screenshots of it. So we, <laughs> yeah. you know, so we were able to do that. So the majority. Um, you know, of, of lower level contracts, uh, you know, have some sort of option or stuff. Our end date was June 30th for guys that weren't on a longer term deal. So, you know, as we roll past June 30th, a lot of those guys will be returning to us. Um, there'll be a few guys that, that aren't. Uh, nothing negative in terms of guys not coming back. It's just, you know, we've been through a pandemic and some some decisions and some, some choices that guys look to make, but we're excited. I think the value of our roster in terms of what they've been through as a group is really, really going to mean something when we take the field. 
you know, these guys have been through some serious stuff and they've been through some huge, um, you know, things that they've never been through. And I think that's going to really help us when we take the field. So we got a few new guys in training the last couple of weeks that we'll take some looks at the coaching staff and technical staff has to make those decisions, finalize some things, but you'll see some familiar faces. You'll see a lot of the guys that were on the roster, uh, for the one game, as you said, that we played in 2020, <laughs> and there'll be a few new guys as well. But you know, Coach Fuller and Bill and, and Jordan—they've done a, a great job of organizing and, and working through that. And um, you know, they'll they'll put a team together and uh, that everybody will be proud of. We'll have to we'll have to try to get Coach Fuller on uh, before our before our first game on the 11th to maybe uh, talk a little bit more in depth about this. I'll bring a 12 pack of seltzer this time. <laughs> <laughs> That might help get some more answers. I didn't. We did not get Jeremy enough bourbon apparently before this uh, episode. This is not working out like I had hoped. Oh well. <laughs> I'll even left it to the end, just hoping. Uh, just so too, Matt, too much self control. Matt, I'll get yeah, the, and 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 not enough uh, not enough persuasion on our end. Uh, Matt, I'll let you take the next one. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, the uh, annual report, an, annual shareholder report, was released on on WeFunder. Uh, it showed a relatively sizable loss for the 2019 uh, year. Uh, obviously, like our first year as a professional club, we all remember that we got rain about 15 of 17 days yeah. that we played. We played home games. Uh, so, but but in in any case, like that's a that's a it's a really big number to have that kind of one year loss. It's a colossal number. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. Uh, so I'm my my general question is: is the is, is the health of the club, the financial health of the club, still strong? And right before you answer, let me read that number for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, it's it's tough to look at. Um, I'm opening it up on my phone so I can read you the actual number. Because uh, when I saw this, I I don't know if everyone else's eyes got really big. There there are a couple there are a couple numbers before the period. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, like Jeremy, you know, if anyone wasn't paying attention, Jeremy wasn't here for 2019. So you know, it's not his fault. Well, he was here for one game. What's visiting? I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so revenue was one million. I'll just use some round numbers. What was just over a million, and then the net loss was one point one six million. Uh, that's a lot of money. I mean, that's that. Not only was that double the revenue, right? In, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> for anyone, for anyone who hadn't seen that, thanks for that intro. And so That's now, awesome. and so You're now, welcome. and now we're in a pandemic, <laughs> so, so we've got a lot of expenses and not a lot of revenue. Um, That's probably bad. No, I think. Um, and thanks for saying that I wasn't here in 2019. There's the the joke part of it, right? But I, no, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just arrived, and then a pan- pandemic came. So, yeah. and then and this part came out. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think. Um, you know the uh, the reality of of lower you know again lower level professional sports is difficult and there are certain things that if you if you don't have I'm going to use the word experience and that's probably the wrong word or maybe not a fair word but if you haven't been through some of these things then you can quickly uh, get to where that number is and that's not a shot at anybody that's not me you know digging in get my digs in that's the reality that things can quickly um, escalate and you know you have to have some some controls in place you have to have um, the ability to you know um, figure out adjustments that you need to make mid-year like we did right now right during this time we, we we made some some choices and some decisions that weren't fun to make but we did it for the club to be able to get through this pandemic to get through 2020 and then head into 21 so in terms of the health of the club we're going to be okay. We have good leadership. We have good support, um, you know, with uh, with the board, um, you know, and, and our our community partners and our sponsors that have stayed with us during this thing. Um, the you know you're on Twitter and you see you know hashtag no refund and you know those things when the initial spring season got canceled. I mean that just, I mean that just that means a lot. And you know we'll um, continue to push forward. But I think, you know, I think the club learned a lot of, a lot of lessons, you know, during, during uh, 2019. And because of that, and, and because when you have smart uh, people involved and good leadership, then you can make a plan. And our 2020 plan, I think, uh, would have allowed us to, you know, to, to be 
in a better spot than we're going to be now in this 2020. <laughs> but we've also been able to manage manage things really well and have a plan to, to uh, you know, to get through it. So, you know, and, and some of the things that uh, that they were up against in 2019, look, it's no secret, right? And we were, you know, battling, you know, uh, just factors out there. And you mentioned weather, and that's a huge one. And just, you know, other things in, in the soccer market. And so we found a way to, to have a plan for a lot of those things in, in 2020 and, and to be prepared for it. And I think we're going to, you know, I think we're going to come out of this year strong. And then I think we'll, we're going to be even better in 21. But, um, you know, it's a big number when you look at it. I remember the first, uh, the first year in St. Louis when, when I saw the losses at the end of the year. I was like, whoa. And, um, but then you just you quickly adjust and you develop and you figure out new things. And we've uh, really been able to upgrade you know, the level of our staffing and the type of people we have involved, uh, working through our game day operations and making sure that those are you know, put on a good, you know, a good game and a good operation but also doing so, you know, under the controls that, that need to be there. So um, we're going to continue to figure it out and continue to, to make some progress. So if, uh, if the number looks similar to that again? It won't. It can't. No, that was my question. Yeah. Yeah. Not in terms of you got to close the doors or anything, but it can't. I mean, there's no... There's, it's just not sustainable long term. No. Um, it's not sustainable, but it's also... If we're if we if that number look like that looks like that at the end of uh, of this year, then then we've really missed the mark in, in a lot of areas. Yeah, um, and this may be a little too inside baseball, and and maybe we can't talk about it. But I'm curious, uh, the PPP loans that went around for helping with you know workers was CFC able to secure any of that financing? Does that mean that hopefully, if you know it's used for player payroll and used for staff payroll and such, that some of that you know could lessen the brunt of of Finances or no? We didn't agree to talk about this before the podcast, but no, that's okay. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got nervous. If you can see their faces, um, the reality is that the way those loans were structured was based upon you know your spend in 2019. Well, we didn't have a spend in 2019. Right. We didn't. We didn't have any professional players. We didn't have a roster of guys on payroll. Mm. We didn't have uh, as as expansive of a front office as we do now. So what we were able to secure through the PPP. Um, it helped. It was, you know, thankful for the government, uh, for that opportunity, but it was nowhere, uh, near the, the cushion of the blow that it probably is for, for some other businesses, just because of the way that it's structured and, and based on, um, in 2019, we didn't have a, we didn't have any players on payroll and we weren't a professional club. So our, our payroll was much different than it is now. Mm. So we were, we were up against it, but we figured it out. Did did when the club went to having a payroll, did they take an entity change in any way, or is it the st- is it still like the, the same? The 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 amount in terms of the regs that allowed you to qualify for whatever the number was was based on just actual like twenty nineteen numbers. Gotcha. There was no like structural change or anything like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, as someone who has dealt with this topic extensively yeah so you had you had 20 you had 20 some (laughs) players 20 some player salary that wasn't so we didn't get credit so to speak right um, for that you know in in our number so it was it was challenging but like i said we got smart people involved and and people that were able to help us navigate it and and i imagine the congressional change from 75 percent for the for uh for the forgiveness of that loan Dropping that down to sixty percent will will help a little bit too, yeah. Because we'll be able to reallocate more for other things like gotcha. stadium rent. Speaking of stadium, stadium rent. I believe we were entering the last year theoretically with an option year. I think that was published somewhere that CFC was on a three year deal and UTC was on a three year deal. But one of I think one or both of two, them were it was, coming. It was two year deal or two year deals with one year options. That's what it was. So each one was slated to come up if if the Times Free Press article was right. We're scheduled to come up at the end of this year. Does that how is I mean maybe that hasn't happened yet, but how what does Finley Stadium and our relationship look like going forward? It's been it's been good. Um, you know, moving forward, I think uh, I'm gonna be very happy to be in a stadium that has twenty thousand seats. <laughs> if yeah. we're allowed twenty percent capacity or fifty yeah. percent, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of clubs, you know, around the U.S. that are gonna struggle to even, you know, make any revenue on a game day if they can only have twenty percent capacity of a three thousand seat stadium or a five thousand. I mean, that's gonna be tough. Mm. Um, so we're we're fortunate there, um, but in terms of Moving forward, we, you know, uh, Finley's had the same problems we've had. They've had no revenue uh, since March. 
there's been none. So it's the same boat that we've been in in terms of revenue. I mean, look, we've had you know some merch and some little things here or there, but nothing like we we're expecting. So we haven't even started that conversation, but they've been a good partner through this, um, you know, and they'll be a, a good partner for us moving forward with these games and moving forward with the fall season. So uh, we're you know looking forward to having those conversations with them. And uh, speaking of revenue, I know I'm just diving into all sorts of inside baseball here, <laughs> or inside soccer in this case, but how do you, when you're looking at games that are closed doors, you know, you only have a certain number of revenue creating events throughout the season, um, like s- specific game days in, in this case, how do you look to generate revenue outside of just the normal sponsorship revenue? Yeah, we've had, we've had to think outside the box. So, you know, we did, we have the tailgate package that's out there right now where, you know. All over my social media. I'm not even on social media. I get on YouTube and it's, it's just all over. I'm not complaining. Well, it's great. Well, good. That means uh, our guys are doing their job. and But we honestly, we need to sell a few more of those because that will help. That's a, an alternative revenue opportunity for us. We'll be announcing another one here next week that I think is really cool as well. Um, I'm not going to break it here. Are we getting trouble Catherine would not be happy but it's a really cool one it's got a really good local vibe to it um I think it's something that everybody would like and the tailgate packages have gone have gone well too you know I think it's that time of year people are out grilling and you know it's a it's really good looking stuff so we've found some different ways we're toying around with a couple other ideas and um in the fall that will have some similar type things one of the things that we're looking at is you know like an authentic CFC package so we have all kinds of game-worn jerseys and match day posters and uh, schedules and autograph items and jerseys from some of the international clubs that we've played. So we're looking at maybe like a subscription where you would subscribe and then once a month for a three month period, you would receive a package in the mail and it could be a jersey that fits you or maybe one that doesn't that goes on the wall in a frame or maybe an autographed, um, uh, you know, season poster from the 2010 season. So collectible type items that I think there'll be a lot of people out there that would be interested in and just going to be like, you're going to get your box and you're going to open it and you're going to be surprised what it is, but it's going to be an authentic item that you can't purchase in stores. From, from, a, from a person who's worked in the CFC office before they moved to where they are now, I have been in that back room and I have seen some of the most, like if you're, if you're a real fan, there's some stuff back there that's incredible. Like, even friendlies that were played at Finley that we promoted that we didn't even play in between Mexican teams, you know, like there's some really cool stuff. Yep. Sounds like a subscription that the podcast is going to need to get. Yeah, I'm definitely in. Outfit the studio. No, no, just we outfit the studio. In fact, you can ask Reed back in the day, I would help them clean the locker out um, down in the stadium. And he would be like, all right, you can take like, you know, a Jersey or some pants or something. He's got some of Carrier's <laughs> old shin pads. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he sleeps them under his pillow. And I would say that's been one of the positives through this pandemic is connecting with people in this industry mm. that are also trying to figure out. And I, look, we can't rent out our clubhouse like the Blue Wahoos did or whatever on Airbnb down in Pensacola. Have you seen that? So they're rent- No, I've been off Twitter. What oh, that's that? right. Sorry. All right. Well, here's your Twitter update, Breezy. Um, minor league baseball team, I believe in Pensacola. Yeah. And they rented out on Airbnb their clubhouse. And they put beds in there, and it's got you know flat screen TVs for the players, and because in baseball you're lounging around most of the time anyway, yeah. right? So families, it's it's been sold out every night. That's so and you get that's access so cool. To the, you get access to the field. It's that's got amazing. you know kitchen in the clubhouse, and so teams at this level of sports have had to find ways to be creative. So that is very creative. You know, we came up with this. Um, and with some of these packages and stuff, just by being on those webinars that we were talking about earlier and, um, you know, just talking with hockey teams and baseball teams, like, how are you guys going to generate revenue? And so we've got a bunch of these in, in store, and we're going to have to continue to push these through 2020 to, um, you know, to not have that number that you mentioned <laughs> earlier. Um, but it's exciting because it challenges you, right? And it's challenged our staff, and it's challenged um, just our way of thinking and, and how we go about some things. But it's been it's also been fun, and I think these are some things that we can continue again into 21 and hopefully beyond when we are out of this thing. You know, we're going to have to, and, and that's how that number gets better. So to you, back to your question is, you know, we just can't be tickets, merchandise, sponsors. Those, that's, that's gone at professional sports. You know, we're going to have to find other ways, and uh, that's content creation. That's just different ways to bring in revenue and, and be creative while still staying a true soccer club which is what we are and and not yeah. losing sight of what's been built but be creative and, and figure out some things and look we're going to make a mistake we're going to try to we're going to try to sell something or package something people are going to go what the you know and that's not <laughs> that's not us but i think we have really good people again that are helping us make sure we don't make those mistakes but we have to we have to be creative on the revenue generation side and that's 
That's every small business. Are are there going to be revenue generating opportunities that weren't there for streaming if doors are closed? Not initially. No, everything will be free initially. Yep. Yep. So it doesn't. But I think when we are upgrading our stream, you're going to see a few more things um, that you know we're hoping to to finalize that I think are going to just increase uh, the visibility and make some 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 nice changes to the broadcast that I think eventually could turn into revenue opportunities, but. Um, we just need uh, the state of Tennessee to get that uh, sports betting thing pushed through quickly, and then maybe we can get on an app, and you, hey. can, you can throw down five bucks, and who's going to score the first goal in uh, the game against the Cosmos or something? I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas, but anyway. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. I could get myself in some trouble with that for sure. I have a feeling I'm going to stay away from sports betting. I mean, if you don't like fun. Or if you have a gambling problem, don't do that. Or stress. Yeah. Or stress, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can go either way. He's I'm, not a, I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying that if, when that hits the state of Tennessee, it could, it could be beneficial. They're going to they're gonna need to, to part, partner and, and do some things. There's a 100% chance there's going to be a sports book in Finley Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I, I'm here for that. Uh, so this has been a really long pandemic, uh, and we haven't really heard, and I hadn't really thought of too much before... Um, really thinking about this with when we were talking over what to talk about for this episode, where does the state of the women's team, uh, the, the restart of NWSL is happening. The first professional sports league in America to be back, uh, in first terms of contact sports team, league. Team, uh, team sports and team contact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what was the, the, what UFC, was the first, the, the uh, UFC, UFC, UFC has been back. It's not, it's not NASCAR. Team, UFC has yeah. stopped. NASCAR. Yeah. It goes golf came bull back. Riding. Bull riding. Bull riding. Oh yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how bull riding is not listed as a contact sport? Because <laughs> it feels <laughs> super contact. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's not between people. It's the, ro- it's the rodeo clown versus the... Uh... <laughs> that's hilarious. So, But what is the uh, state of the women's team? Uh, I know we were hoping for an update, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah, exactly. So we, we did put together a committee, and we, uh, we met, and I presented a budget for 21 right around the time everything shut down, right around the middle of March. And um, so it's been tabled in terms of the next steps with that budget. Um, but through this and through some of those revenue opportunities, and I'm not talking about being tabled for 21. I'm talking we just haven't talked about it since then, really. Um, but we did put together a budget. It was a little rough looking in terms of finding ways to make it work because, you know, I think um, when you have a, when you have a men's team, and you have a women's team. Even if that women's team is, is amateur, which is what this team would be, right? Yeah. There's still expectations that, you know, that, um, in terms of uh, how you treat it, how you travel. Um, just, you know, we just can't throw a team out there in the field and say, hey, we have a women's team. They have to be taken care of. They have to be um, treated properly if we're going to try to recruit and have the same level of success on uh, the women's side at the amateur that we had on the men's side at the amateur level. So it's going to take some investment. So we're still now going back and beating up those numbers and trying to see how can um, we make it look a little better so we can try to pull this off in 21, but we'll continue to have those discussions now that we're, you know, kind of back up and running, so to speak, and back in the office and, and some of those things. We'll, um, we'll start taking those next steps and seeing what we can figure out. Also having some discussions with, um, you know, Detroit City and what were some of the things that they did to, to make it work um, because there's not a ton of uh, men's teams that have the women's team out there at the pro level. I mean, there's a handful right now. Louisville's doing it, so I'm having conversations with them. Nice. And that's the NWSL level. And, and they're doing the it too pro. Right, and yeah. they're, um, they're doing it at the pro level. So having some conversations with them and just trying to figure out how can we make it work here with CFC. You know, we were on you know a little bit of a, a faster track in terms of information, and then honestly we just had to go into, um, you know, uh, how to get through this mode, so to speak. Right. And so, but it's not been, it's not been pushed away, but it definitely had to take uh, a seat and people aren't going to be happy when they hear that. And that's okay. I I understand that. But, you know, we did get through the budget and we did get through some of the initial discussions and now it's time to start revisiting and figure out how we can make it work. One of the, one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that we asked that question, and I know it's something as, as individuals in this room, but also like as the podcast in in general, like it's something that we all, uh, we were definitely missing in 2019 uh and we were we were pretty sad that it wasn't going to happen in 2020 obviously nothing ended up happening in 2020 right for anyone what ever. is 2020 even exactly <laughs> an election year and that's basically it hmm. a great uh, name. but I, I think i think we all definitely want it for 2021 and and considering the 
considering the family atmosphere of this club and how people uh, that don't necessarily work for the club help out in, in many ways. I think there are lots of people who would be willing to, to step up uh, in, in various variety of ways to, to help make, make sure that we get a women's team back on the field for 2021. Yep. Like I said before, I mean, it might have been here. Was it here? Or maybe it was the other guys across the street. Um, Who? The four something something. <laughs> um, they asked, like, what was your priorities, right? In terms of, like, academy, women's team, something. and I think, yeah. I think that was probably them. Yeah. And not, then, that sounds like a smart question, so probably them. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And so, so that hasn't changed. It's just obviously we've been thrown a curveball, and but like I said, we're coming out of that, and it's, now it's time to start looking at it again. So, well, uh, well, we might have to to have you back on in a in a few months when we get a better update. If yeah. you if you had to bet, and this is just a, a bet, right? We're really early in in the pandemics. So we're in the middle of the pandemic, so but you had to bet percentage chance that we see a women's team on the field for the summer of twenty twenty one. Sixty forty. Maybe seventy. It's gonna, a lot of it's going to depend. Um, can we have fans in the building here? And uh, you know, starting in August, do we take a step back and now it's all closed door and we lose that revenue sure. and opportunity? Do our partners stay with this as well? And look, there's there's been a few partners that have had to or decided to uh, walk away from commitments, and the majority of them have not done that. They've stayed with us and they stayed strong. Um, if that continues and we can continue to open more doors and stuff, then I think that gets pushed up towards, you know, a 70-30. But mm. I'm not going to come here and BS you and say it's a, it's 90% because it's not. But it's not going to be taken off of um, of how we're trying to do things. If we need to save money, we can always have Breezy coach them. That's a bad idea. I could <laughs> I could bring them water on the sidelines. <laughs> He's got the vocal cords for it. I can, for I sure. can yell. I can yell if someone tells me what to sometimes, yell. Sometimes I do worry about your tactics with the Iron Horse team. You should worry. You should worry a lot. Going back to, you, you mentioned the academy, and um, I hung out with Steve the other day. He's a really awesome person. Do you see any, I mean, I, I know, we, I think we all understand in the room the relationship you have with the club, um, with the youth level. Is there any changes in the forecast maybe for anything with anything with them, or are they, because I've, I've seen some changes with them, so I was just wondering mm-hmm. to know if that correlated with you guys at all. No, I would say it's a it's a tighter relationship, and it's more what I would view how it should be within a club. You yeah. know, we have grassroots programming and our foundation. We have, you know, the academy. Um, we have the the pro team. You know, we have all of that stuff, and those relationships have, have gotten tighter and yeah. and more um, in line, more more synergy amongst them. In terms of, um, we started a technical committee, uh, which has representation from. The foundation from the academy and from the first team, and that group is going to tackle some projects over the course of the year, just specifically on the technical side of the game, and how do we continue to drive um, our connections together? You know, Bill Elliott is a technical director. Has um, when he was in town a couple weeks ago for training, he spent a lot of time him and Coach Fuller with Steve, just looking at how do we create a you know a more dynamic connection and it's some awesome. things that we're doing. It's incredible. Obviously, we announced the the North Georgia uh, partnership with the group out of Dalton. Yep. Coach Fuller and I have been down there um, looking awesome. at some players. We'll probably be having a couple players from from there coming into training. There's two soon. select people listening so, to this podcast Todd. right now that have giant <laughs> smiles on their faces. Todd is screaming uh, three weeks from now when he finally gets around to figuring out how his iPhone works. He's going to be screaming <laughs> at the... Oh, my at, gosh. But, uh, so, in St. Louis, um, what do you... You worked with the academy before the pro club, right? Because that was yep. one of my favorite things about you whenever I we did the podcast uh, beforehand, the one that you should all go back and listen to if you haven't listened to it yet. Episode when we, 15. When we did that one, I, a, a big part of me um, with just having worked with the youth in the city um, is to see that alignment happening. So that's awesome. So when you say more alignment on the technical side, are, are you referring to like a general style of play? Uh, like we, or we, we all want to be, you know, the Ajax four three three, uh, <laughs> be terrible at defending because it's Dutch football, that like that kind of thing, or or not? No, not in terms of formations or systems of play, but more of like beliefs and you know what a uh, what a player should look like, how a player should act um, yeah. on and off the field, and then eventually that will get more aligned as we as we get further down the road. But at some point here in the near future, it is going to be you know. Uh, in our, it is in our plans that we need to be able to rely, as I said before, on two to three players every year from the academy that can come in and, and be in our training environment. And that doesn't mean they have to be good enough to play. If they are, that's awesome. But they have to be good enough to come into training and not 
and not kill a session, you know, and yeah. not stand, you know, stand out in a bad way. They have to be able to come in and survive. <clears throat> that means in the locker room as well. So that's where the character piece comes in, right? Yeah. So how they behave, how they act is an important piece. Um, over the pandemic, we had Zoom calls with uh, a couple of teams. When we broke up, we had some representation from the first team by position. So we had some younger goalkeepers with um, our goalkeeper coach and one of our goalkeepers. And then we had defenders with a couple of our defenders. And then I think I was with the midfielders. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I chose them. But it was <laughs> myself and, and Ian McGrath. We were on a, a Zoom call with younger players, and, and we gave them questions that they had to be prepared to ask uh, and answer. And we went around, and they were asking questions. It was really good. So more of just getting connected there and then um, driving some things. And the whole – there's going to be some changes you know, obviously the Academy has gone, you know, the DA has gone and at, the, at yeah. the national level. So there's a lot of changes going on. And I think there's going to continue to be players that are going to look for alternatives um, to just going to play in college soccer. And I think we, we need awesome. to, you know, continue to use our connections that we have on the technical side with, with Fuller and, and Bill and, and myself and Drew and Jordan to continue to dive into some opportunities that may be out there for some younger players to, to come in here and be a part of it. You mentioned Drew. Is that Drew Courtney? Yes. Is he doing some coaching with the uh, first team? Yep. Yep. Cool. I, I had seen, I saw him on the sidelines in a, uh, in a picture. Yep. I didn't know if that was a, a one-time thing. No, he's been, uh, you know, he agreed to come on back in preseason, so I think we made that announcement, but you missed that day on, on uh, the website, I guess so I that's did. okay. That's all right. But, uh, <laughs> that's awkward. <laughs> no, he's um, – but, you know, he's he's one of the smart ones, right? He has a real job, so he's not with us every day, but he's he's into it. He's good. I, I do like the way that he carries himself on the field. It's awesome. Um, and he's he's been a big help for us. And, you know uh, – If you remember, he was at open tryouts uh, on the sidelines mm-hmm. helping look at players. And he's in a pretty accomplished college coach as well yep yep and he's he's a he's a good soccer brain he's got he's got a good demeanor um i like him yep that's good do you does anybody have any any like last last questions i do i also want to say something before we get off you go first how are you feeling good sir about your title (laughs) i can't believe you didn't come in wearing a liverpool jersey just to uh i'm not that guy wait what uh, happened (laughs) (laughs) i know so the first time i've seen him without liverpool merch is now Seriously? You, you, yeah, you've always got on a hat or a t-shirt. Uh, that's it's true, normally at like yeah. a St. Louis. Here's, yeah, here's my real question. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Liverpool, I think, has lost one game all year. They were ahead by like 5,000 points. How is it that it's taken so long for Liverpool to win the title? Like, it's June 30th. Like, what were you guys doing for the four months? We were staying at home, which you're supposed to do. We were washing our hands. We were, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Wearing masks except, in public, except, yeah. Except after we won, then it looked like all hell broke loose They were over still there. continuously but. bleaching their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Roberto Firmino. Dude, <laughs> yeah, but his, the stash haircut combo for Firmino, I really like We it. need to talk about some of these uh, some of these players with their with their hair and, and, and facial hair choices because uh, a few of them have been pretty rough. Well, can we, can we talk about right Breezy's facial hair choice? Because this is probably the first time that we have podcasted where Everybody you have a gigantic beard. Everybody should be so beard. lucky this podcast isn't on video. <laughs> yeah. His beard would eat the screen. That, that goes whether I have a beard or not. I, you shave this off. And, you know, the nice thing about this is my father says it covers some of my face. There you go. Yeah. Well, but, Breezy's, Breezy's hair is all wild, man. Like, I've got long hair now. Matt lost about 15 pounds, I feel like. You, you you mentioned uh, Ian McGrath earlier. Um, he is awesome, and this is I was uh, I, I was looking for any reason to plug this for my for my buddy Pete Woolcock, but uh, we've been doing OGA virtual stuff, and he came on, and uh, it was really cool because like Julian and Mario, the guys that I work with, and we do it, they do it, and Julian's gotten a lot better. At first, he was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> we had to do things in a bunch of takes. Poor we got Julian. really good, oh. but Ian Ian was so good. He, he came in, and, and so he taught a juggling session and we were like saying we always tell the people what to say and we were like okay so say for your next step you're gonna do this and he was like okay for the next progression we're gonna move on into it was like That's so great. it was all one take boom we were done in like 20 minutes they normally take like an hour it was hilarious that's so, that cfc's only professional goal scorer ian mcgrath that's true Oh, first, not first. First is don't a much jinx, better word. Don't jinx with only. I do not need zero zero draws the rest of the year. Oh, heavens no, please. <laughs> Matthew, Listen. I'll just be happy with soccer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, on, that's honestly where I am. So true. Point. And it's coming back less than two weeks. Yeah. 
10 Joel, days. You heard it here. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us. Any uh, final last words? No, I just can't thank everybody enough for the support, whether it's been you know an email or social media posts where people have just stayed connected with us and have just, you know, continue to push us along and have been, you know, understanding of, of these times. And, you know, I think we've done a good job at times of communicating as a club. There's been some other times where I think we've, we've lacked a little bit. It hasn't been for lack of effort. It's just been unique and something that none of us were uh, prepared for. But like I said, we got through it. We're going to get through 2020. We're going to be back on the field, knock on wood, right in, in a handful of days. And then we're going to continue to, uh, to push this thing forward. So uh, thank you. I, for one, cannot wait. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here. Do you want to give your social media handles, Jay? Sure. At, uh, I'm on Instagram at letter J, on Twitter at J underscore Buchanan, or uh, the Section 109 pod. Uh, Matt, what about you, dude? You can find me on Twitter at Whiskey is Fine. Smitty? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at a Smitty Nose. Uh, and I'm on the internet somewhere, and if you can find Jeremy... Hit me up, because we're still trying to find his burner. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for the time. We'll catch you later. Peace.